Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. You guys ready? Did everybody bring a notebook and a pen? Ready to go? Okay. I can already feel. What happens to, like, oil other than being pressed? And like, like I feel like there's a new oil that's coming tonight. No, 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 not that it's been pressed. It feels like, almost like, you know how wine gets aged in a barrel? Does oil have anything like that? Like, does it just sit and like just all of like the elements that are in it? That's what it feels like is coming tonight. Maybe it's a mixture of like an oil and a wine that it has been sitting and the release of that, of what has been waiting to be released over this family is coming tonight. Diffused, infused. And pulls all of those flavors out. Okay. I think we're getting on to something. I just feel like there is an oil that is coming tonight through this service that is going to be released over our family. And I don't want us to miss any part of it. So that means writing everything down. That means trading into what is released. That means uh, full attention and pulling out from the mother of this home everything that she has pressed into on behalf of our family. And so... I just want to give a personal, actually, this is not just personal, but from the entire family that we thank you for walking with that, like this family, that you guys walk with the Moshe spirit that leads us out of a place that we have been in, that leads us through um, what could feel like what is happening, where are we headed, but that you lead us well and you haven't, it's like you haven't had anyone to follow, but those who have gone before us that like aren't here on earth and that is what brings that priceless oil to this family. And we're just very thankful for that, for what is to come tonight and to be released over us. So we honor you, Mom. We thank you for everything that you are bringing to dispense to this family, to just teach us how to walk things out. Like, you know that this lady did not have somebody who walked with her and was like, so, counting of the Omer. (laughs) Like but yet walks with us to teach us how to do that so we don't have to do it alone so that we can be reconciled and restored back to our original intent, like the original scroll that was written for us before the beginning of time that we have a mother over this home who walks with us to lead us in that. So we are very thankful for you walking that way with us. And we appreciate everything that you have for us tonight. You're welcome. She always feels weird when I'm like, thank you. She's like, McKay, thanks. Go sit down. <laughs> just stand right here. Okay. You do that nose. with dad. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh, I, I know I'm super dressed up, but I feel really relaxed. Are you guys okay with that atmosphere? You okay? You okay? I don't know because it's going to probably, well, maybe I'll just leave it here because it'll block. Anyways, I, um, I'm excited about tonight, and I feel super relaxed in it. Um, 
in what it is that he has for us as we get to enjoy what we're in right now, which is the Feast of Weeks. Um, so uh, I've released a lot on what tonight's gonna look like, but what I'm teaching on tonight is just the practicality and giving some base, very baseline, Taylor. Very, very baseline of some, it's almost like I'm gonna be giving starter conversations. I'm gonna be giving some beginning of some things for us to be able to dive into, to be able to explain what is this Feast of Weeks and why would we even honor it? What is happening during this time? And uh, I want to, um, even though I'm saying baseline, I am wanting to divulge that it is, um, that what, what is gonna be released is so just very superficial or very foundational, but what is being taught on this subject is extremely deep. It's actually the beginning of everything that we're moving into as a whole. Meaning once we understand that we have, not understand, but once we've walked a, it's almost like I wanna say like walk a Levitical walk like walk a priestly, like you're not just a son, but you're walking out a path to become a king. It's one thing to be a son. It's another to have royalty and to have dominion and to execute proper um, authority, right? So to walk as a king, uh, there are some things that are gonna be released to this family. So I'm not saying it's gonna happen next week, but what I am saying is that we're beginning a journey that I can see that this family is really going to be opening up some things to where he's really going to be allowing us to be exposed to things that maybe we've never heard before. I guess what I'm saying is, is I almost feel like this is kind of a turning point. There's been so much that our family's gone through to tear down and then we're starting the rebuilding process. And a lot of times in the rebuilding process, it's pretty typical, the foundation's the foundation. Right, like you, you, you tear down and you demolish and that's an excruciating process. And then we're like, it's time to rebuild. And typically the rebuilding process at the foundational level is pretty like obvious. But when you start getting to the level where the home is fully built and you start decorating is kind of what I'm talking about. The depth of the freedom of the fullness of what heaven has, we have yet to see something built like that is what I'm saying. So right now we're still at this like foundational level of like, okay, I could kind of see, you know, definitely out of the tearing down bills, uh, process, I can definitely see the building process, but this is kind of like, okay, I, I'm, I get that. Not Christmas, but tabernacles. Okay, not Easter, but pay, like, okay, I can kind of get that. But then what happens when we start talking about things like frequency and energies and how does he manifest on earth and what is the tree of life and what are, like, these are things that religion wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, so you've probably never heard of the word sephirot. You've probably never heard of some of these things. So then when you start engaging in those things, there are things that are opened up to you that he would only open up to kings, which is why I say very baseline, because it would be out of order for me 
to release something out. It does not make sense to go buy a plant and put it in a home that only has a concrete floor. We're not there yet. You can dream about what color you want the house. You can dream about what style, but please don't go to Hobby Lobby trying to buy your cute little decorations when you still have holes in the wall or you haven't framed or you haven't, you know, you haven't even painted yet. You know, we wouldn't want to skip ahead and then open ourselves up to a chaotic mess where we have all these decorations on a concrete floor with no uh, strong pillar. So, that's why I'm pretty relaxed in this because I feel like we could, it's just gonna be kind of a baseline, but at the same time know that this is the foundation of opening up some things to our family that we have never seen and we have never heard before. Meaning this is not it for our family where all we're gonna do for the rest of our lives is untwist what we've been taught. That once it's untwisted and it's solid and you've understood your identity, like what Derek's talking about, about the dismissal of manhood, and then when that identity comes, he does not want to release his mysteries to a bunch of babies who are acting like men. But when you truly have a man that will walk like a baby in humility, he will say, now you can be king, and in that, I will unlock the mysteries because the mysteries are extremely powerful. If unleashed without order or without balance or without character and integrity, you will absolutely release Hasatan's kingdom on this earth because Hasatan knows about all of these things. So he's aware of all of these things, which is why he will harness the mysteries until he has someone who is completely pure in the temptation for that kingdom to be able to operate in some things. Okay. I feel like I want to teach on the ministry of reconciliation again. Uh, I did release this on, um, I do have markers, right? I've already exposed in some forms of our communication as a family a lot of this, but for those that did not hear it, I feel like I want to speak on it because Derek talked about how we are to stand in the ministry of reconciliation, and I just want to make sure that I'm clear when leading this family. So is that okay to do that? Um, I, think, I think this is okay. I just don't want it to be in front of anyone. But are you guys okay with that? Okay. So I want to explain something. So you've got this side and you've got this side. And then you've got us. Okay. When we talked about the ministry of reconciliation, uh, when we talked about the ministry of reconciliation, we said that there may be this side and this side. And what we're going to do is we're going to get in him, and we're going to say that you're going to meet me there, okay? A lot of us, when you pair that with the Hebraic lifestyle, when I've taught on, everyone has a perspective, and everyone is right, okay? I want to make sure that I'm explaining this side of it, and I'll explain why I'm even bringing this up. It's because of what week we're in. I wouldn't even be bringing this up if it wasn't for what week we're in, and we'll get into that and you'll understand why. This isn't like a rabbi trail, this is intentional. But it's come up a lot this week because we're operating in his timing. 
Isn't it powerful when it's like, it just, things just happen and then you're like, what is happening? And then you find out kind of what timeline you're in and you're like, oh, there's actually a force that's outside of me that's doing all of this. And I didn't realize I was operating in that. I thought I was my own. And it's like, no, you're submitted to a kingdom. So anyways, so there's, there's, there's something specific to this week that I want to talk about. But in, before we go there, I want to make sure that when I'm saying that everyone has a perspective and that everyone is right and that we walk in the ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation. You have to understand when I, when I paint this picture, so here's a side of an argument. Here's another side of an argument and here's us because we are in the ministry of reconciliation. When I see this, I see this three-dimensional. Okay. We are at a higher perspective. We are not in the middle. So What I mean by that is, is when I teach my family that everyone has a perspective and everyone is right, it is because I want my young ones to understand that when you engage in a conversation that could be an argument where there's sides, I do not want you operating in that argument threatened. I want you free. And the only way to be free is to recognize that we are not threatened by an opposing opinion. That does not mean that I am saying, play the middle ground, be complacent, stand in the middle and never have a conviction and go, you're right and you're right. I've done my job. No, actually you haven't. So that, so what I'm saying is, is that this, that's not gonna produce the, that's not gonna produce reconciliation. What that's gonna do is it's gonna keep them in their Egypt and it's gonna keep them in their Egypt. And you're saying, I'm awesome but you're alone. So with the ministry of reconciliation paired with a Hebraic lifestyle of not being threatened on top of standing in convictions is a pretty crazy concept. That's a pretty multi, that's a king. That's a pretty multi-dimensional. Wouldn't it be amazing? It's, it's one thing to say, I'm super passive. And it's another thing to say, I'm super aggressive. But what if you were like, well, you wouldn't want to be passive aggressive, but I'm just saying you did to have the multitude of all aspects of the kingdom in one thing is what the ministry of reconciliation is. It's how you're able to touch the wall. You can go low and go high at the same time. You can touch it and the wall falls. But I just want to make sure that as we're in, not entering, but now we're finishing up this week, this week in particular, the word for this week, which I'll get into, happens to be boundaries and judgment. And I've noticed almost five different situations come my way where we were having a hard time navigating boundaries because we are under the impression of some foundational things. Now, this is what's so amazing. Those are good foundational things. It actually shows that he's ready for you to grow into the more. So I just want to make sure that I that I am leading this family in understanding that when I say everyone is right, it's because my mindset is I am not threatened by anything someone is saying. I'm trying to discern. I'm trying to figure out where they're at because I have to meet them where they're at. But that does not mean that they're so right that I'm going to meet you where you're at and we're going to stay there. The purpose is to not be threatened, meet them where they're at in order to move them into the same place, which is his perspective. And you can't do that if you're not able to see all sides of it. Does that make sense? Okay. 
Like I said, it'll make sense when we get into this week. So it's just kind of a precursor of some of the practical side of what I'm talking about. Because when we start talking about what each week means right now, there's a way to walk it out. It's one thing to hear it, right? It's one thing to hear. I heard that teaching that everyone has a perspective. But then when you go out in the world, how do you walk out everyone has a perspective? Right? We, we have great examples within this family. We have great examples on Friday nights. We have great examples within uh, family dynamics at home, work. How do you act? So the first week was loving kindness. How do you walk out loving kindness? How, how do you walk that out? How, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you practically operate in something that is not a characteristic trait on earth? These are not characteristic traits on earth. Loving kindness is not a characteristic trait on earth. This is a, this is a characteristic trait of heaven that is, tr- that is infinite, trying to get its way into a finite world through you. How do I express loving kindness, not as an earthly characteristic trait, because characteristic trait that I am loving and I'm kind, but what does it mean to have an infinite frequency of loving kindness of heaven and it come through me as a channel out onto the earth? That's a totally different way to look at the week. It's not just like, oh, I wonder how I could be kind today. We're talking about heaven's perspective of the word loving kindness, and we're using an English word that just does not do justice of what heaven is saying. Then it has to flow through me, and it has to flow out of me, and what does that look like? So, okay. So this is not, so like I said, this is just kind of the beginning of it, but I just wanted to lay some of those things as a foundation. All right. Where we are right now is we just celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? We just celebrated Pesach. We have left Egypt and we are in the wilderness, right? Or we have just left Yeshua's cross and now he told us to go wait in Jerusalem. We're still walking around eating fish. He's still hanging out with us. He's still disfigured. He's, out, he's on the earth, right? We're, the, either way you insert yourself in the story, we just left the lamb. And now we're walking in this really weird state. We're walking in this state that Yeshua doesn't look the same as the way that he did. He said he died. He rose. He's now all of a sudden cooking with us. We're hanging out and he's telling us to go to Jerusalem and wait because something's coming. Or we've left Egypt. Now we're walking around in the wilderness. This crazy thing happened. All of this amazing stuff happened and we're two weeks in. Have any one of us been like, nah, Egypt sounds better, right? You're working out loving kindness and you're working out Gevorah, which is this week. And so you're, you're, you're two weeks out and you're like, man, Pasuk was so awesome and he shall deliver me. And we left Egypt and that slavery was so awesome. Now you're two weeks in the wilderness and all you have is manna and a Moshe. Let me tell you right now, I've had some conversations with you. You do not like Moshe. It's not that great, right? Let me remind you about 20 chapters when everybody, when all the Israelites were mad at Moshe. Why would you do this to us? Now all we have is one day's worth. That's all I get. That's all I, that's all I have. Let me remind you that when the whole thing started, Moshe was the one arguing about eight times 
with Yahweh. Me? Please no. Are you sure? No. I have this, I have that. No, you have to be thinking about someone else. (laughs) So don't forget that he himself had that process. So anyways, what I mean by that is, is that when you think about the wilderness story, this is exactly what it is. The Red Sea has happened. All this amazingness has happened. And now you're just walking around in the wilderness, eating your daily manna. You're counting your omer. He said, I want you to go and get an omer's worth. So when I say last week was loving kindness, you're, you're, you are finding your loving kindness for the day and you're focusing on that day and you don't, and, and before you move into the next day. So that's where we are right now. What journey are we on? What's coming? Shavuot, which is Mount Sinai, which if you think about it is super crazy. Well, I'm not going to, never mind. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. We are on our way to Mount Sinai. We are also on our way to Jerusalem, which is peace when the spirit fell. So there's this time frame where he dies, rises, walks the earth, then actually ascends. They're seeing all of this and they're just told to wait. I would think that's pretty wildernessy. Wait, what? Everything you just taught us you want us to do? Did you see those Romans out there? They are after us. They just killed you. You want us to, what do you, right? This is a wilderness. This is a wilderness time right now. So what does he do? He gives us a strategy of how to handle each day until. So until covenant comes, until the answer comes, until something happens, until his word. If you are in a situation where you're waiting to see if Yahweh's gonna actually follow through, This is how you walk out that process, day by day by day. And he gives us strategy of what to even focus on, not just one day, what's the manna? It's there's the manna, pick it up, take it. He's giving us a strategy of how to get to a place until he comes or until he answers, okay? So this is what the Feast of Weeks is called. So we just had Feast of Unleavened Bread, which included Pesach and first fruits. Now we are in the Feast of Weeks until Shavuot. Got it? Okay. So I want to read a couple of things, which I read last week. I'm not going to actually read that because I read it last week. Deuteronomy 16.9 is the scripture that says you shall. Basically, after I have spared your firstborn, the very next day I want you to count out 50 days. You are to count out each week and each day. So you're supposed to say this is week one and three days. This is 14 days, that shall be week two. That's how you count it. So you are supposed to be focusing on the week and focusing on the day. He says that, after your son is spared, you shall. So I'm pretty sure after his son was spared, you shall, which is so powerful because they shall did. (laughs) They did because Ruach fell on day 50, hence Pentecost. 
It wasn't called Pentecost. The church called it Pentecost because they thought, oh, that makes sense, 50. But they're not associating that it had already been counted for a thousand years prior that the Hebrews knew how to count. They knew what they were waiting for. It wasn't like, hey, go to Jerusalem and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna see if you're faithful. They knew, they knew what was to happen. They had been celebrating this the whole time. So, okay. So Deuteronomy 16, 9, you shall count the days. So at the end of the day, this family, we're just counting days because the Bible said to. So if it gets weird and somebody says, are you Jewish? Or if somebody says, why are you doing this? It's like, I don't know. But in Deuteronomy, the one scripture that you'll quote all day long, you will be blessed going in and you'll be blessed going out. You'll quote Deuteronomy all day long, but you don't want to quote Deuteronomy when it says you shall count some days. Come on. It's a convenient gospel. <laughs> We've been fed a convenient gospel. And so we're not about convenience, but we are about the press and I want it all. Okay. So Deuteronomy 16, 9 says, is that right? Is that where the scripture is? You shall be, I don't know. All I know is that you shall not be the head and I mean, you will be the head and not the tail and all your cattle will be blessed. Right. And they, they get it. But then when it's time, right? Huh? All right. Deuteronomy what? Yes. Tw chapter 28. What'd you say? Oh, 28. Okay. Okay. See, I can quote some scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 29. I'm quoting how religion has no problem quoting chapter 29, but they don't want to quote Deuteronomy 16. That's, that was my only point. How did you get to chapter 28? Probably going through chapter 16, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm super simple when I read the Bible. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me explain one other thing because what I'm going to get into, okay, all of up to that point was scriptural. From the rest of the night forward, it's not in the scriptures. we okay with that? Okay. Ruach has already fallen. We're outside of time. So we have Ruach to train us and guide us. Remember the first thing I said. I wouldn't really send anything to the family out of order if we weren't walking a certain way. But I do want to preface this next part. Deuteronomy 17.10. Interesting. Very next chapter. There's this really cool scripture that says, if you ever have like an issue or a disagreement or you don't know how to do something, just listen to the Levitical priests, which are rabbis. So there's this really cool scripture in there. It's uh, Deuteronomy 17.10. And it basically is saying, you should listen to the rabbis. Are we okay? Okay. All that saying is like I've explained before. Christianity started 300 years post Yeshua's death. It would be like you need to submit to your authority, the pastors, right? So there are scriptures that says that you can submit to rabbis. It's the same thing. It's um, the best way to explain it would be you read a scripture, you go to a church, and the pastor says, I have a revelation 
and this is my revelation on how to walk out that scripture. Okay? You can take it. You can leave it. You can cling to it. You can, you can mold it. You can discern it. You can, right? You shall not be taught by anyone when it's written on your heart. These are just suggestions. This is what's so awesome about mothering and fathering. This is not about you are going to do it like this or else. This is a, a way to expand the gospel in a teaching form for you to be able to walk it out. It's the same thing. Pastors nowadays are doing it all the time. That's why there's a million interpretations. Same thing happened back then. Rabbis interpreted the Torah a million different ways. 2,000 years later, Yeshua has to come on the scene to be like, whoa, we have gotten way off track. Okay. Yes, there are pastors that are way off track. And yes, there are traditional rabbis that are way off track. But there are some that are not way off track. And you can have discernment on how to walk those out. So when I bring up that scripture, everything from this point forward that I'm going to bring is, is based on Jewish mysticism which is basically taking the scripture and making it applicable for us. So again, this is not you have to do it this way, but these are ideas on how to count the Omer. Does that make sense? I'm trying to, without getting into too much mystery, say that there is a rhyme or reason that the first week is loving kindness. We didn't pull that out of thin air, but I'm not gonna be able to give you a scripture that says week one is loving kindness. That is a sermon from the Torah that has been safeguarded through tradition for us to be able to have access on how to walk out the weeks. You get something different and you don't want to work on loving kindness? Right, you, like, what, I mean, does this, this, these are just ideas on how to walk it out. Is that making sense? Because I do not want to come across like in Numbers 5. It says week one, that's not what this is. But what this is, is how they were taught back then to walk it out. Now, when I say that, this is not just some Joe Schmo rabbi that decided, hey, this is a cool idea. What I'm about to teach on is, um, it is, oh, what is the word? very wild, um, widely accepted and used. Christianity just won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. So we don't know anything about it. But just because I'm expressing it does not mean that this is new, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so does that, does that sound all right? Okay. There are seven weeks and there are seven attributes of Yahweh that wants to be released on the earth. There's actually more than seven. There's 10 to 11 when you start studying this. If you want to look it up, this has to do with the tree of life. Missy tapped into it, which is why you saw me smile because she said that there are scrolls that are written. This has to do with your scroll. This has to do with what heaven has said about you in these areas of what I'm going to call energy. Yahweh is energy. 
When he hovered over the earth, I can tell you right now, if anyone is scared of energy, we've got a, prom, a problem with Genesis 1-1. Because when he hovered and things happened, or when Mount Sinai happened, and emotion is coming down with a gold face, and there's glory clouds, and then you've got tongues of fire, and all the things that have happened, there's some energy going on. The problem is, is that the enemy has stolen the word energy from the power of his people, and has robbed it, taken it, and said, you're not allowed to touch that, therefore you don't have to walk in healing and you can just sit there and be quiet and not have any power or walk this earth as a king just stay an orphan because the enemy got to it first and twisted it now we won't touch things so the things that I'm tapping into I'm not necessarily going to go into detail with it but I just want you guys to know that this isn't just being pulled out of thin air if you look up the tree of life if you look up the word sephirot the word sephirot is the Hebrew word for books. That's all it is. Just like the Bible has chapters and books, you have chapters and books. You have a story. You have a scroll. Um, uh, basically, this is a way to activate the human vessel. So instead of saying, you're going to walk the earth and manifest kingdom, what if I said there's actually a way to manifest kingdom? There's actually a way to grab his energy, channel the energy, move the energy in order to actually be a co-creator instead of just quoting scripture that you are a co-creator and that you're a new creation, but you're actually a new creation. Your, how, how are your scrolls and books stored? Where is your scroll? Anyone? Where's your scroll? Okay, good start. That's good. How is it recorded? Where's your storyline? <laughs> your DNA. Your scroll, your story is inside your very DNA. Which is why some of this stuff can get scary because there is another DNA out there. And it's not human but it's walking this earth as humans. It's Hasatan's kingdom. So to be a king, you guys should see my face. I look at you and smile, and then I look at dad like, give me, give me, give me a thumbs up, give me a <laughs> um, I just want us to know how real this is. That's all I'm getting at. There is DNA lines, okay? And your DNA, carries the story and you have the power to agree with it or not when you agree with the original intent you will walk it out when you push against it and you rebel against it your dna will change this is another level of january's teaching on the hasatan tables Right? It's precept upon precept. You're, you're visualizing a kitchen table with Hasatan. You're visualizing a kingdom table. Now I'm saying within you, there is a table. It's your DNA and you choose. And your DNA replicates based on what you think. So if you're thinking on a different kingdom and you allow it to replicate based on that kingdom, then in three days from now, you literally can be replicating a different kingdom and it's not Yahweh. But you ask saved. I answered that altar call. I don't care. What have you been engaging in for the last three days? Okay. 
So your scroll and your story is on your DNA. What I'm trying to get at is a way for us to walk, to keep our DNA clean. Obviously, we know the foundation is the only way you even can walk clean or pure is because of Yeshua. Okay, I'm not saying that this is outside of him. But what I am saying is that you have a choice to follow him or something else, okay? He's wanting to give the power back to the people. Okay, which is what the story was 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem when Ruach fell, is he is trying to give the power back to his people, okay? So, I'm just going to say this because I'm talking about our bodies and I'm talking about how to be a vessel for his kingdom. This is how real it is. So let me just, let me just do this really quick. Week, um, week one, week two, week three, week four, week five. I'm not, that's not literal. I'm just pointing out how you can envision loving kindness. How do I move and how do I move an energy source from an infinite heaven through a vessel through my body? The reason why I'm pointing things out is because we're gonna end, we are going to be given the keys and the power to even understand why is my DNA manifesting cancer here? Why do I have high blood pressure here? What's happening here? And how can I transform it? How can I push this? Cancer is an energy. How can I transform things with his energy and begin to move things even as real as within my body? Okay, before it get, you get weird, I'm gonna give some scriptures. Exodus 25, 22. He's talking about, I want, to, I want a temple built. I want it built. And in this area of the temple, I'm gonna meet you there. How powerful is that? Build me a place. Build me a place where I can reside. Please, you've been walking in the wilderness. Build me a place that I can meet you. Fast forward to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know you are that place? Do you not know I have been begging for you to be built? so that I may meet you there. Do you not know that you are his temple? Okay, it's one thing to quote that scripture. Where's the Ark of the Covenant? Where's the bread of the, bread of the shofar? Am I saying that wrong? Where, the show, show bread. I'm like, where's the bread of the horn? It's in there somewhere. Just kidding. Right? Where's, if I'm his temple, he kind of gave a pretty detailed blueprint of that temple. I wonder if the curtains, the colors, and the walls mean anything in me. Where's the lower level? Where's the outer court? Where's the inner court? Where's the Holy of Holies? What, what does this mean to actually be his temple? This isn't some lofty, now I'm his walking temple and Ruach resides in me. Where? 
Where's the energy? How do I tap into it? How do I breathe? How do I exhale? How do I get it? How do I, is this fun? Is this exciting? There's so much more than just you're a temple and Ruach lives inside of you and you're gonna be the light of the world. How? What is the light? Where is the light? Where should it shine? There, there is a process. You don't just come waltzing into the inner court. Do we know where the inner court is in me? And am I letting people just waltz all up in there? Am I just waltzing all up in there? Like I got no order, I can be in here if I want. No, there is a, pro, there is, where, where's the, ah, one way to say it would be, where's the, well, never mind. No. Are you guys okay? So all of this, the Feast of Weeks, is tapping into this stuff. Tapping into the reality of the gospel actually being made manifest how to do it, how to walk it out, how to understand it, how to tap into it. And so all I'm giving is a very baseline entry level into understanding that we really are his walking temple. And all I want us to know is that in Exodus, it's pretty detailed. It's chapter upon chapter upon chapter. I don't know about any of you, but when I would read Exodus, I'd be like, cool. They built a temple. I don't, now, there was stones on the breastplate and they had a color and they go with the tribes and the tribes are in the stars. Right? You guys know that the tribes are all, all constellations. Aries. What, what is, what does all this mean? Right? But, but, but what is the, um, what's the, the, the enemy has come in to say that that's, horoscopes and astrology and all this kind of stuff. So, so, so don't go near it. Now, I am not saying go near it out of order. I'm not saying this is free because you don't just waltz up into some things without having your, if you do not walk with that kingship or that integrity, you are going to get wrapped up into a world you do not belong. So I am not saying just willy-nilly, we're just going to start just because you tap. Okay, let me say this. DNA is so strong. You have, if you have a stronghold or a certain filter and you tap into something you're not so supposed to and you ascend in that tapping, you'll get stuck in the very thing you're carrying. So there is a cleanliness that comes. That's why there's such, uh, when you're walking in the temple and the washing and all the things that happen because you don't just walk in somewhere and just start, are you guys okay? At the same time, I do not want us to be afraid either that if you're doing the work and you're understanding and by the Holy Spirit being led into, I am his temple, what does that mean? Then, you're, then, you, then we have access to some things, okay? All right. I haven't even gotten into the weeks. <laughs> All I'm, okay, so each week there's a color. I'm not gonna tell you the color, I'm just saying. Each week there's a color. Each week there's a frequency. You know when we talk about, remember when Missy taught on uh, death frequency is very low? 
and then love was really high. That wasn't weird, right? It was very scientific. We learned that in third grade, right? There's frequencies to certain attitudes. It's a, it's a literal thing. All this is, is tapping into a certain type of frequency to walk out heaven on earth. There's a lot more types of frequencies than just love and fear. Or what were some of the other ones? It was like complacency, um, boredom. Is that what you said? You know, there's, all I'm saying is that loving kindness is on that list. Hesed, uh, Gevara is on that list. Uh, Malchut is on that list. There are, there, are, there are access points. And what he's wanting us to do is basically practice those to understand that frequency. Just like I would say, I want you to practice operating in the frequency of love versus the frequency, frequency of fear, right? You have to practice that. I know for me, something, I get an email, Tell me, I'm telling you right now, DNA. <laughs> Frequency, I am, okay. But here's the thing, you read an email, you respond right away, and you don't hold, breathe, hold him in, breathe it out. That's all I'm doing is moving energy. What, where, I'm on earth? That was nasty. Hold on. Heaven, right? <laughs> hold on. You know, you're, just, you're, just, you're practicing the frequency of love. I need to respond with truth and love. All these weeks are is practicing certain types of frequency in, 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 you guys got it. Got it? Okay. All right. Here's a couple cool things about the counting of the, the uh, Omar. I know we've said counting of the Omar because that's what they call it. Stephanie, you asked a great question during family night. You said, is it because they would bring the Omar every day? So I want to clarify, another way to say Feast of Weeks is it's the counting to the Omer. So essentially, one Omer was already waved, which was the barley, and now we're walking to the next first fruit when they would wave the Omer. Omer, again, is just a word for a measurement. It's a measurement in agriculture. But at the same time, it was also a measurement that they used for the manna that they would collect. So all we're doing is we're counting our days until the priest would wave the Omer. So we are counting to Shavuot. It's another way to say it. Counting of the Omer, counting of Shavuot. All right? Feast of weeks. 49 days plus one. This is what is so powerful. There are a few different ways to do this. Our family's doing it one way, but I wanna release the second way. In order to simplify it, one week means something, right? First week was loving kindness. Second week is strength. That means something. Third week means beauty. That is something. Fourth week, fifth week, sixth week, seventh week, okay? Simple. We have an entire week to practice that frequency. But here's another way, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is not for us to do it, because I think we're at a good place, but I want us to know where we're going so that we know what we're working on now. There's this powerful, actually, let me just write down these words right here. Goodness, you guys. Hey. Okay. Oh, this marker is bad. should have just written these up before. Sure. So it's right here. Three, four, and then on the other page. Okay, so here's another way to do it. So right now we're on, you know, week two, right? Week one, week two, but here's another way to do it. 
Day one, loving kindness in loving kindness. Day two, strength in loving kindness. Day three, tiferet in loving kindness. Day four, netzach in loving kindness. Then when you, are you guys catching that? Then when you go into week two, it's all about strength, but you're learning strength in loving kindness. Day 15 would be strength in strength. Day 16, strength, uh, beauty in strength. Netzach in strength. So we're not gonna do that this year, but I'm just showing how intentional you can be. It's one thing to spend in a whole week on loving kindness. Now try to spend a whole week on loving kindness, but each day is focused. Loving kindness, strength, beauty, right? Does that, is that, does that make sense? So, so they would actually um, walk out each week with each attribute paired. I have some blank stares. Is that making sense? Look at that nice handwriting. So when you get to week five and you're in the glory week, you're not just kind of nonchalantly activating glory. You're, you're on whatever day week five would be, five times seven, 35. So day 35, is that right? Day 35, you would be doing glory in loving kindness, or I'm sorry, loving kindness would always be the first day of the week. You're focusing on loving kindness, but that week has a title or has like a, an umbrella. So it would be loving kindness in glory. And then the next day it would be strength in glory. Do you see how that kind of like, it's a whole, you know, it's one thing to just get after glory, but to have beauty in glory, right? Perseverance in glory. Now all of a sudden you're activating these attributes and you're pairing them with something else and it's very intentional. There's also an instruction every single day of what to work on. So like every day, there would be like an instruction of, okay, when you go to work, you're gonna look at this or you're gonna work on this. And there actually would be an instruction for the day. So it is very intentional walking out. Now again, this is up to you if you wanna do that. All the Torah says, you shall count the days. If you wanna wake up and say day one, that's fine. <laughs> that's all I know it says to do. But if you're wanting to, um, to dive in deeper, these are ways to be able to do that. So those are, those are two different ways to count. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So I'm just going to go through, I'm actually just going to give a couple of tools here, and then I'm going to send you home with the tools instead of me going over them. Do all of you guys know how to use Blue Letter Bible? No. Any no's? No, no, no. Okay. So go to the website. You don't necessarily have to now, but it's called Blue Letter Bible. There is an app. The app is great, but for the purpose of tonight, you will need the website. So it's, it's literally blueletterbible.org, I believe. Do I have that right? Okay. All right. Up at the top of Blue Letter Bible, there is a search bar. I'm actually gonna give you the, the Hebrew lexicon, which is the number that's, a, it's a dictionary. So if I say chesed, 
I'm going to give you the Hebrew lexicon for hesed for you to go and search it in Blue Letter Bible and all the scriptures that have hesed is going to pop up. So you can know what hesed means instead of me just telling you it means loving kindness. I'm going to give you some more than just that, but it gives you an opportunity to be able to dive in or what are these words? Are these words scriptural? Yes. <laughs> These are all over the Bible. These weren't like, oh, I think Yahweh would do good with loving kindness. What does he say over and over and over again? My love for you is an everlasting love. He constantly is saying that word loving kindness. It honestly just cannot be translated into English, which is why tonight I feel led to give you my revelation on the Hebraic spelling. I'm super excited about this. I'm going to do it off the fly. But I felt like Yahweh told me, do it. Do it right in front of the family. I actually was like, I got my notebook out and I was like, I'm going to write out the definition. He was like, no, I want you to do it real time. And I'll explain what I'm talking about. So all I want you guys to know is I want you guys to have the definitions. But the first thing is, is blue letter Bible. So let me give you guys Hesed. I feel like I need a pen and I don't know why. Can I have a pen? Yeah. Um... All right, the Hebrew lexicon is H2617. Sure, H2617. Now, another way to, uh, now these lexicon numbers that I'm giving you, I actually looked them up, so I'm giving them to you. The way I find um, the lexicon number is when I'm reading a scripture in Blue Letter, for those of you that have not used Blue Letter Bible, it's super amazing. When you look up a scripture, you can do interconcordance, which means it shows each word in the Hebrew along with the English. And then you tap on that word and it gives you the definition in Hebrew of what that is along with the lexicon number. So Blue Letter Bible is just a great reference. There's actually a better Strong's. I'm not really an advocate for the Strong's concordance. Um, because it's very, it's, it's very Greek, but we'll get into that at a different time. There's a certain Strong's, but it's really hard for me to use that Strong's. Uh, Brown Drivers Briggs is what I would recommend if anybody wants to write that down, Brown Drivers Briggs. But it's in Hebrew. And I don't know enough yet to be able to like look up a Hebrew word to be able to get the definition, but that is where a lot of the uh, baseline is. Anyways, Blue Letter Bible is a great starting point for a resource. Are you guys good on that? website and stuff. Okay, so H2617, Gevara is H1369. And what I was going to do is I was going to click in my little computer. I even brought my computer and I was going to read you guys the definitions, but I just feel like for the sake of time, you can do that at home. Okay? Uh, Teferot, Teferet, and I'm probably saying these wrong, Teferet, H8597. I think you guys would know this, but if you don't, H just means it's a Hebrew word. You see G2715 or something like that. It just means that's the Greek word, and the New Testament was written in Greek, so typically the foundation is Greek. I mean, it wasn't, but that's for another time too. Okay, Netzach. <laughs> you are a prevailer. H5331. I'm going to add one more thing. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, Hode is H1935. Also 36. 
What's really cool about Blue Letter Bible is once you click on it, it'll tell you what the definition is, and then it'll say where it came from. It'll give you the root Hebrew word. So you could go deeper, and then you click on that, and then it'll say this word came from this word, and then you go deeper, and you're like, whoa. Again, remember, there's 72 layers to everything that I'm saying, and I'm just giving you layer one, okay? So you could spend the rest of your week, life, <laughs> diving into these words, and, and, and you're becoming a student. You're becoming a, if any one of us ever walks, like, I got it, come on. It's like when Derek was like, well, you don't need to listen to this if you're perfect. Like, I, the, if you are perfect, do you know what Tiferet is? Right? Like, it's like, oh, no, oops, okay, I got to go back to school. And I love that. I love that. Um, yesod. H3247. <laughs> when you start to associate these words and where they are in your body, it really starts to like get awesome. Malkut is H4437 and 38. All right. Very simplistic definition. Before I do that, I'm going to add one thing. When I was talking about the body in the temple, remember how I said that there was 10 or 11, but we're going to work on seven? The reason for that is because the three other attributes, I'm going to say this for this family because I think you're going to get it when I say it. Take yourself back to last week. There are three attributes that they say are so lofty, it's very hard to obtain. They can't manifest really on earth. And it's wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Now, knowledge is on, uh, I don't know if I, I, okay. What I mean by that is that there are other areas that are more intellectual than they are emotional. So they're very they're so kingdom or so heaven that it's not necessarily a manifestation because it's intellectual. What I mean by that is it's, this is, let me say it this way. When you operate in those, you'll naturally flow from a place of wisdom and understanding to have the proper knowledge from the head. Okay, but it's, it doesn't make sense to skip to, I want all that, now this is what I'm talking about. I want all that knowledge. Let's start with perseverance. Okay, because that's the issue is because so knowledge is actually, well, I don't, is that making sense? So it's like, these are the things we actually can work on. Let the rest of it come from heaven versus worrying about having wisdom and understanding and the crown or the head. That's, that's that inner core. That's behind the veil. Wisdom, knowledge, wisdom and understanding to have knowledge, to be able to operate in authority or presence is not something that's obtainable unless you're working on these things. So I just want to make sure that I am explaining that because there's seven weeks and that's why we go over those seven attributes, but there are more. Okay? Okay. All right. Very, very top basic, basic, basic uh, definition. You guys are going to do some more research, but I want to at least give you guys what they are. Chesed is mercy, Loving kindness, 
free-flowing love, an unbound flow, outpouring of abundant love and grace. Bottom line, goodness can also be good deeds, action. Now, you guys might not be able to write down everything I'm saying, but are you guys okay to just kind of, I just keep going? All right, Gevorah, the, the baseline is strength. We are currently in the week of strength, justice, discipline, judgment, boundaries. It is a strong channel. It's the ability to discern good and evil. Now do you understand why I started off? Let me make sure I'm teaching this family that it is okay to discern good and evil. When we have said to have a Hebraic mindset, it is so that you are not threatened, but that does not mean you want Hasatan's opinion, okay? This is a strong channel, boundaries. You can see what happens when you don't have both. Any one of the, these sound great. Loving kindness sounds amazing. Loving kindness not harnessed in the kingdom is absolutely dangerous. Complacency, all-inclusive, hyper-grace, don't have any discernment. So you need loving kindness in strength so you can discern, so you can have boundaries. You're not supposed to be a doormat. But if all you have is a bunch of boundaries, judgment, and discipline, and you don't have any hesed, now we've got religion. So all of these are amazing and horrible if you have not worked them out. This is what it's like to be a Hebrew, <laughs> right? It's not one-dimensional, it's multi-dimensional, and we're not afraid of all of it, but it means that we really have to focus and work, and you know, we can't just be, all right, Tiferet is beauty. Uh, sorry, with Gevorah, just if you guys are writing it down, rigor and disciple. Tiferet is beauty, compassion, balance, harmony. I said this on Voxer, but what I see for this next week that we're about to walk into on Sunday is that I believe that when you have the perfect harmony of loving kindness and strength, you do walk in beauty. So all the weeks build and you'll see this. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave that there build it. All right. Number four, Nesach. Nesach. Net, net, <laughs> Am I saying that right? It's what I call Gabe now. Victory. <laughs> Victory. Endurance. Prevailing. Perseverance. Prevail. It's the energy of persistence. Now here's what's so crazy. I just gave you the second layer. Here's the first layer. The actual word netzach means eternity. So when you activate a frequency of eternity, you gotta have to have perseverance because that's forever, right? This is what this means, that it's all of eternity. But he said, build my kingdom now. Not once you die, he's got that. He's already doing that. That's already eternity. But he said, I want you to build my kingdom on earth. As it is below, so it is above. As it is above, so it is below. If I'm matching eternity, I probably should have some perseverance. 
And, and what does that mean? Just that one statement alone, write that in your notebook. As it is above, so it is below. <laughs> I'm going to walk out these next weeks a little bit different. But this is what, I mean, I am walking heaven. I am, I am, I am, I am a walking manifestation of heaven if I can channel this stuff correctly. Yeah. Oh, yes, because this is going to get good. Eternity is just the beginning. Go ahead and say it again. Yes. 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 He's saying that eternity is right smack in the middle, but we were raised that eternity was it. In the middle. And then when you know what, where that word is in the temple... Okay, where do we at? Did we do Nitzach? Yeah. Yes. Hold. Glory. Simplicity. Splendor. Sincerity. Surrender. Humility and splendor. It also is reversed. Splendor in humility. Yesod. Okay, I'm just going to say this one thing. <laughs> Yesod is before Malkut. Um, one way to look at this is Malkut could be foundational or the earth. Yesod in your body is right here. It's the creative area. So... The reason why I bring this up is because, well, just listen. The, the, the definition is foundation. Committing wholeheartedly to a task to be completed and accomplished. Roots. Generativity, which I didn't know what necessarily what that word is, but basically what that means is, is I'm going to engage in the acts of the younger generation in order to seal a legacy. So then when you read that, and then you realize that there's something going on in the temple in the creative area, and it's all about generations. If we knew this as a people, um, let me... Let me, let me just really quickly just tell a story. You guys, most of you know my story. I have five kids, but I have seven. Two are in heaven. And there was this thing in my life with miscarriages. I wish we weren't afraid of this. You know what I mean? Because I spent years just coming at the devil. You twisted my ovaries, let him go. Now, I'm sure that worked, and I'm sure that there was an aspect of that. But there would have been so much joy had I just tapped into legacy and to that word and to what it says in the temple about that and, and what, what, it, what was stopping the creative power here on earth and what needed to get unlocked. And so all of this is just tools for us to access. Is that making sense? There's more. 
Um, this is also the bonding word and covenant. All right, last one. Melchut is kingdom, majesty, sovereignty, exaltedness, nobility or kingship, presence and manifestation, imminent indwelling divine presence. It is Shabbat. So, you could say that we are working our way through an imminent presence. But every Hebrew knows that there's another time of the year, and it's not necessarily in the Torah, and we're not necessarily going to do it, but I'm just saying every Hebrew knows that while we count this way during this time of the year, right before Rosh Hashanah, they typically do this again. They count up to Rosh Hashanah, and they go backwards. So while we are trying to obtain presence, every Hebrew knows also that you start with his presence and you end with loving kindness before you start a new year. So this is not a hierarchy. It's not like, let me obtain one and then get to the next. This is a whole bunch of swirling around. But at the same time, I want us to know that there's a powerful, um, there's a, there's, there's just, this is just, it's like what Jason said. We, we, we stopped at eternity, but there's kingship. <laughs> yeah. We stop at eternity, and we forget that there's glory, perseverance, creativity and foundations and legacy, and then kingship. Who knew? I mean, yeah. I mean, we pretty much, we have all known in religion, loving kindness and strength and eternity. Anyways, it's good. Okay. All right. As far as tonight is concerned, that is all that I'm doing is giving the definitions. The only, the last thing that I felt Yahweh wanted me to do was to write out the Hebrew letters of these words and then give the revelatory definition based on the letters. Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay with that? Does everyone understand if I do that, what that means? And if not, it's really, I can explain it. Explain it. Okay. So really quick, I'm just going to show this chart. This is the LF bait. Or alphabet in Hebrew. Okay. Every letter is a picture. This is a pictorial language. In America or in English, A is A, it's A or A. End of story. Dad, D-A-D. Okay, in Hebrew, because it's pictorial, um, every letter has a story. So there's a definition to the letter. So the letter is not just a letter, but it's a number, and it's also a definition. So if I said the letter dad, let's just say delet, the sound delet, that letter means door. So now when I look at the letters and then I put them together, I can actually tell a story, which is what they did. They weren't sounding things out and talking that way. It was, it was, it was pictorial because they knew that when they're, so when a Hebrew sees chesed, we have to study that definition by going to the Strong's. You don't need Strong's when you know that Hesed 
Oh, I could have done that without looking at that. Okay. I'm not good at letters. This is the, this is the word hesed. I'm, I'm phonetically spelling it for you so you can spell it, because if I just wrote that up, you probably wouldn't know how to say that. So I'm just phonetically spelling it. But in Hebrew, this is what you would see. Just by looking at this, they know the definition. Not because they know the word and then they looked up it up in the dictionary and then they looked it up in Strong's and then just this alone gives the definition because every letter is a story. So this is Het, remember it's backwards. Het, Samek, Delet. That was a weird way to do it, but does that make sense? You write it backwards. Every one of these words, obviously, you can write in Hebrew. So what I did was I wrote the letters down. I think it's going to take too much time for me to write them. Are you guys okay if I just give you the definitions? Um, remember, in Hebrew, there's not vowels. So that's why it's very short. Chesed. Chet. Samek. Delet. This one, Gevra. Hey. Rish. Mm. Anyways, hey, resh, vav, gimel. And there is um, bait in there as well because of, the, uh, because of this. And sorry, I was doing it backwards. So this is where it gets hard for me because I want to read it like this, but I have to write it over here. But you would put gimel right there. So you got gimel, bait, vav, resh, hey. Does that make sense? So that's just the, and when you go into the uh, lexicon, it'll show you, it'll show you the Hebrew letters. All I'm saying is, is that the Strong's Concordance is just one layer. Once you do this, then you can get a deeper, deeper revelation, okay? So I decided to look them up by the letters and give you guys the definition. Again, this is just revelation off of the, off of the words. There are, in letters, there's 72 layers, so you could do it yourself. You guys ready? All right. So Hesed is Delet Semek Chet. <laughs> so what I see in that is that in your new beginning, you will be fully protected, but you've got to walk through the door. What? <laughs> um, another, another one would be that there's an entrance for you, and when you, when you move through that entrance, you will be fully surrounded and protected. Now, when you line up that definition with loving kindness, there's a lot more to that than just being kind. It is asking you to move. It is telling you to go through the door. It is saying that you are going to be fully supported and surrounded by heaven as you walk this out. It's also saying that when you do it, you are going to have a new beginning or you are going to be protected and you are going to be a set-apart people. When you go through that door and you are fully protected, you will be a set-apart people. All that is just in that. Like I said, I didn't write any of this down. I'm just reading the letters and saying what the letters are. That's the story behind that word. Isn't that powerful? And it, and like I said, you could go 70. Now remember, each letter has 72 layers. 
So technically we could do 72 layers times 72 times 72 and have a really big definition. Pretty sure you're not gonna run out of ideas of how to walk out love and kindness. <laughs> All right, Gevara. Yes. Did you say mom? Oh, <laughs> okay, I will. All right. Gevara is Gimel, Beit, Vav, Resh, Hey. Remember, this is about boundaries, okay? All of the provision of heaven will be given to the house when you nail the authority to the earth. <laughs> okay. Let me say it this way. When the head or the authority reveals and exposes things to you and you nail that because you're the tent peg, all of the provision of heaven will be filled in your house. That strength. Remember I said that you can discern good from evil? When you allow him to expose something to you and you nail it to this earth, all of his provision will be brought to the house. Isn't Hebrew so much I have goosebumps? <laughs> Way better than English, I know. Might, strength. Right, but remember you're a disciple. There's something about the house. Hey, is, is, is behold, it's breath, it's something's being exposed. And what's so powerful is when you look at this, gimel bait vav. Look at this right here, right in the middle. The vav is the tent peg. When you are that boundary keeper right in the center of provision and house <laughs> and the authority and beholding that authority, when those two things come together, that strength. Anyways, I can keep, keep going. Okay, number three. Because, because, okay, because in Hebrew, where the letters are means something. If you ever see a mem at the end of a word, mem is chaos. But if it's at the end of a word, it means that it's coming to an end. <laughs> so, so, so um, oh my goodness, I never taught on this, but Egypt, the word Egypt is mitzrim. It starts and ends with chaos, but it's coming to an end. Now all of a sudden, Egypt means something a little bit more. <laughs> so it matters where the letters are too. So just a little side note. All right, Tiferet. This is, um, <laughs> okay, this is what's so cool about this one. So this is harmony. And the first thing I notice is it starts and ends with Tav. Tav is the cross. Tav is marked for covenant. So this perfect harmony of the beginning and the ending being him, then all that's in the middle is gonna bring out this beauty, okay? Resh, Aleph, and Pei are the other letters. So the letters are actually Tef, uh, sorry, Tav, Pei, Aleph, Resh, Tav. Tav, Pei, Pei has the P sound or an F sound. Tav, Pei, Resh, Tav. You guys see that? Okay. 
All right, let me see if I can do this one. You will be marked with covenant when your mouth allows the head to see. Think about it, beauty and compassion, probably slow to speak. When your mouth is marked by being marked by covenant to allow the head to see. Or when you allow the head to go first, your mouth will be marked with covenant. All right, you guys okay? Knit sock, no. <laughs> Net sach. Let me just show it. Noon. Zadi. Het. So the T got you, but net sach is that Zadi. This is that. This is Osea's name. Zadi. T Z is that that Zadi. So that's its own letter. So you've got noon. Zadi. Het. Okay. This one's like so obvious. This is so awesome. <laughs> So noon is the sun. Zadi is a righteous one. Chet is covenant. It was victory and endurance. When a son is righteous, they will be set apart or have a new beginning or, or be marked. Uh, het is, there's so many things. Uh, het is uh, a wall is around you. It's a hoopah. It's a set apart. It's a, um, you know how hay, hay goes like this? Hey looks like this. This is het. Hey allows breath to come and go. When you've done that, het comes and you are a set apart. You're walled in, you're fenced in. What goes, goes. What comes in, comes in. So when a son is marked by being humble and on his knees and is a righteous one, he will be set apart and prote protected from the outside world. And the netzach means victory. And endurance. You want endurance? Be a son on your knees in covenant. <laughs> ah! You want kingship? Take this week serious. Okay? A son who is righteous, sorry, a son who is righteous in covenant. Endurance. All right, chod. Sorry, I said that wrong. Chod, not chod. Because it's hey, vav, delet. So you have hey, vav, delet. Hmm. Um, well, okay. So remember when I said humility in splendor and splendor in humility? Well, if you look at it, the vav is in the center. The vav is the tent peg. So you've got 
you have, I don't know why this stuff just like, ah! but if you're the Bob and I'm sitting in the middle and I have hay on one side, which is behold, it's awe, it's breath. And then I've got a door, right? That's pretty simplistic. <laughs> That's, that is sincerity and surrender. It's taking what Ruach says, moving through the door, going through the door, going back to Ruach, Ruach going through the door. Like you're just kind of like, this is simple. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're operating in glory. And, it's, and, it, and, it, and it goes both ways. I mean, that, that's, I mean, so essentially what that's saying is, is that week you're going to be working on splendor and sincerity and glory, but that means make sure that you are a vessel that beholds and will move through the door. Move, if you need to move through the door to get to hay, or if you need hay to get through the door, either way, <laughs> it's both. All right. Yesod is yod, samek, Vav Dilet. Yod, Samek, Vav Dilet. The all spark of life creates protection around his vessel to move. That's that's foundational. The all spark of life will surround and protect the one who nails when they go through. That's why that word is generation, right? It's acknowledging that, that, that it starts with the all spark of life, knowing that protection is there, that you've got to, anytime there's a vav there, you have to remember it's a tent peg. You essentially are the vav. Um, that you are a tent peg. You, you are the vessel that connects heaven to earth. You're the only way heaven and earth can touch. And remember, it's not up and below, but it's right here. I am the veil. The veil's torn. It, it, that's, that's the, that is what Vav is. So when you acknowledge that all spark of life, you will be protected in order to move. Okay, <laughs> or one more. So remember when I said this was the creativity? Now I'm reading it backwards. I just saw with Dilette, Dilette also means entrance. So there's an entrance into the temple where you're gonna have to nail some things from heaven to earth and you will be protected in that that will then produce the all spark of life. There is an entrance that we need to move through so that we can connect heaven and earth in his all surrounding support and protection so that the spark of life can begin. That's, that's the generational thing. All right, Malchut. This one is Mem, Lamed, Kof, Vav, Tav. That one's kind of a big one. Mem, Lamed, 
This is not chu, so I'm probably saying that wrong, but the K sound, so kof, bav, tav. Mm. Oh, okay. This one's got a lot, but when, uh, okay, so what I'm seeing in that is that the chaotic waters, when the teacher or the shepherd is able to be there, when the shepherd puts you in the palm of his hands, you will be a tent tent peg on this earth for covenant and the chaotic waters will cease. Or, when you, I want to use more than tent peg. Let me see how to do Vav in a different way. Nail secure. Okay. Okay. Covenant. Remember, Tav is that mark. Covenant will be secured when you let the shepherd put you in the palm of his hands and your chaotic waters will be watched. Does that make sense? So the chaos of this world, the good shepherd wants to put it in the palm of his hands and that will secure covenant. That will secure the signs. That's Malkut, that's Malkut, that's Malkut. So that's kingdom, that's majesty, that's sovereignty. That's, think about it, sovereignty. The The good shepherd putting the chaos in the palm of his hands. When you nail that to this earth, you are securing covenant. That is, that, I would say that that's a pretty good definition of uh, imminent indwelling divine presence and Shabbat. Shabbat, your chaotic waters from the entire week are in the palm of his hand. Whose hand? The shepherd, the nurturer. It's in the palm of his hands so that you can be a secure one in his signs or in his mark or in his covenant. And... I said all these weeks had a color. I'm not gonna give you the colors, but I will tell you that Malkut Malkut is the rainbow. It's all of it. All right. So does that give us a strong foundation or a start, I should say, foundation that when we're, what are you laughing at? When, yeah, is it? When we, <laughs> a good, like, so that when we're, so, so we're about to end strength and we're about to move into beauty. And now you've got something to work with of what does that mean to harness heavens? Because you have to remember, we're talking in English. I don't know how else to teach that other than that beauty has a frequency in heaven. There's a way that they operate. There's a way that heaven operates in beauty that cannot be described in language. I mean, it can, but not necessarily in English. So the only way to do it is to be able to tap into that frequency to be able to uh, take an infinite world 
and bring it into this vessel to manifest it into a finite world. And, and, it's, and, and we get to practice these aspects of heaven and be able to manifest them. So it's a lot more than just having some practical application of how to walk out that week, but it really is learning and diving and dissecting that there is so much to heaven than what we've known or what we've been told to be able to walk it out. That sound okay? So this year, not that it's easy, but it is we're just going to go week by week. So I know I told you that there's another way to count. And if you want to get into that, get into that. Because I think it's absolutely powerful. Now that you know the definitions, isn't it pretty powerful to know that you can do an entire week of beauty, but beauty in loving kindness on Monday, beauty in strength on Tuesday, beauty in beauty on Wednesday, beauty in uh, victory on Thursday, beauty in glory on Friday, beauty in um, foundations and creativity on Saturday, wasn't that the Shabbat word? I planned that. Beauty in his beauty in his presence. You know what I mean? Like you can take it as far as you want or as deep as you want. Or if you're just like, I just need loving kindness. And I have used that word and I don't, you know what I mean? Like dive into this. Get the Hebrew letters. Use the Strong's. Um, search those out. Get those definitions in you. This is what I mean by eat it. Eat it, get it inside of you, because if you just are, if, if, all the, if all tonight was, was knowledge, clanging sound, right? We're not even trying to work on knowledge. That's why I felt really relaxed. I didn't want to like teach. I mean, I am teaching, but I, I'm not after knowledge. I don't care if you can, that's why I didn't, I don't care if I can recite the perfect definition because there's like 150 of them. I'm going to hit the nail on the head no matter what, <laughs> right? I mean, it, 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 you're free. You're free to explore being led by Ruach. And then what does that look like to learn it, get into it, dive into it, eat it, ingest it, so that that same energy that's in an indescribable world can be described through me. And sometimes things can't be described until you walk it out. Missy made a powerful statement that I walk things out. That is one thing that I do know about me. I can teach. I do have a lot of knowledge, but I do know my character and I walk out that knowledge with wisdom and understanding and having discernment and looking at the layers and looking at all the different aspects. And to do that, you have to understand that you're trying to manifest an indescribable world. I can't describe it, but I can show it. And sometimes it's not even with my actions, but it's by my energy. Okay? And a lot of times it gets weird in church when we talk about that, but nobody, I'm trying to think of how to say this. Let's just talk about disease really quick. Disease comes on. It's not like you made, I'm trying to think of how to say that. Maybe I don't know how to describe that. I was just thinking like, it gets weird when we talk about trying to exemplify a positive energy, but nobody's talking about the negative energy if somebody has a disease and what we can do about it. But it's not like, well, I guess I'm just trying to say like, you have to, nah, never mind, never mind. 
I, I don't know I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there is negative energies and we're okay talking about that. And they kind of just pop up out of nowhere. And then we're like, well, what's that? It's the same thing when loving kindness all of a sudden pops up out of nowhere. We're just trying to engage it, activate it, grow it so that something else isn't activated and growing. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's that infused oil. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.